We recorded this podcast on September 24th. On September 25th, we woke up to the devastating news that Jose Fernandez and two others were killed in a boating accident in Miami in the early morning. The joy that Jose Fernandez brought to the game, to life, is a terrible loss to baseball and the world at large. Our love goes out to his family, his friends, and his community. We will all miss you, Jose. Well, hello and welcome to Resting Pitch Face. I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. And as always, you can find us, aside from here, you can find us on Twitter, Resting Pitch Face with no G, Tumblr at Resting Pitch Face Podcast. Uh, you can find us on iTunes for listening and downloading, but not contacting. And you can always contact us just directly, though you won't be able to actually listen to us, at our Gmail at restingpitchface at gmail.com. So the yeah. Nationals' magic number is two right now, um, though not for lack of trying to make it worse. Uh, and we are probably going to be playing the Dodgers in the NLDS uh, coming up. Um, but beyond Dodger news just being the Dodgers, let's talk a little bit about Ben Scully's retirement. Obviously, he's officially retiring at the end of the season. He gave a big speech. Yeah, I mean, I should be subtitled, I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, I mean, Vin Scully is a legend and a gift and a wonder. Um, he started uh, broadcasting for the Dodgers when they were in Brooklyn 67 years ago. Um, and so he, he started at age 22. Um, he's the youngest person to ever uh, have done the announcing for a World Series. Um, I mean, he's just, he's a legend. He's the voice of the Dodgers. He's the voice of baseball in a lot of ways. And so, yeah, I watched his speech and I wept because I'm a human being with human feelings. Um, <laughs> uh, and I wept even more at one of the comments um, about his speech, which was somebody in the DR talking about how they learned English by putting Vin Scully on and then putting the Spanish subtitles on. Oh, wow. Yeah, which, you know, and, and apparently, like, his his sort of slow and measured way of speaking and his frequent pausing, which which are, you know, that's what he's known for, um, are good ways if you're trying to learn English. And so this person learned English by watching the Dodgers and basically learned from Vin Scully, and I'm not crying, you're crying. Oh, on a yeah. similar note, you guys might have heard this story already. I think it was in USA Today um, that Bob Costas was talking about when Ray Charles met Vin Scully. No. And just talking about, oh, I'll mm -hmm. tell you about it then, how Bob Costas was interviewing Ray Charles, and this was sometime in the 90s, and Ray Charles said, you know who I'd really like to meet? And Bob Costas is like, he's Ray Charles. He, he can meet anybody. Who has he not met? <laughs> and Ray Charles goes, I'd really like to meet Vin Scully. And I'll just read the quote because it's really sweet. He says, because I love baseball, but you have to understand, to me, the picture means nothing. It's all the sound. And Vin Scully's broadcasts are almost musical. So I enjoy baseball so much more listening to him. Oh, my God. Oh, so they had, this, they had this meeting that Bob Costas set up and Vin Scully and Ray Charles met. And apparently Ray Charles was incredibly excited and touched to meet him. And they had this long conversation about baseball and music. And they both had a really lovely time. I'm sure they did. Got to be a fly on the wall in that that conversation. I know. Well, I mean, all parts of like a magnificent legacy. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what 
I mean, I'm glad it's not us having to make like to go through this. I don't know what Dodgers fans are going to be feeling like. I don't know what the Dodgers are going to do to try to fill those shoes. I don't think those shoes can be filled, you know? Yeah, yeah I wouldn't want to be his replacement. It's like you can't you can't it's like you can't say like i wouldn't want to follow that act i don't think you can follow that act like somebody they're just gonna have to get somebody completely else uh, you know some somebody completely different and like not even try to replace that or replicate it you know yeah i mean that would be good (laughs) i'm not sure like how do i put this like i again i don't want to be the person to replace vin scully i don't think anyone wants to do that and so you know I had to, and we'll get into this later with Pitch, like, listening to Joe Buck makes me want to throw things and spit <laughs> nails and hit him in the face. Um, and so, like, I had to watch some Vince, listen to Vin Scully to to sort of cleanse my, my palate <laughs> a little bit. Detox. Uh, yeah, to detox. But, like, I think, I think they have to, like, divide up his role somehow. Like, obviously, you need someone to do the play-by-play, but, like, you have to... He also always did two things at once, and so maybe you just need two people, um, because he would always call the game and then tell those, you know, incredible stories about players, or, you know, that time Justin Bob Gardner got a rabbit out of a snake, or (laughs) uh, Tori Hunter's father being a being um, a crack addict, which I did Whoa. not know. I yeah. did not know that either. And like t- stories from Tory Hunter's like troubled childhood, and like there was an earthquake during a game, and he commentated the earthquake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he was calling the game and talking about an earthquake simultaneously. And so wow. maybe you just like split that in two. Like you have to have the 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 play by play and the. It's not even color commentary, though. I guess it is. It's just storytelling aspect of it um yeah well maybe they could like rotate in a bunch of special guests or something yeah. who have all the good stories and then when their stories are used up they bring somebody else in because nobody's gonna be vin scully and have every story for every occasion and then just have like a regular play-by-play guy who's just like good at it you know just like competent but not trying to be more than that not trying to be like a personality yeah or something i don't know god that's i mean it's just tough to to even think about it and there's like no chance he's just gonna be like nope kidding guys i'm not retiring after all right like there's no chance no, no. he's 89 <laughs> um apparently he has a bunch of like great grandkids at this point um and like during the speech yeah. people are like, he's like well you know if you retire at 65 people ask you what your plans are and that makes sense like you have years to plan for he's like i'm 89 my plan is to stay alive <laughs> <laughs> oh, the um, real the real baseball grandpa yeah god it, you know it's just mm, he's he's a gift i i want to i you know i want to hear him call a nationals dodgers nlds no disrespect to bob and fp but like or they're Charlie. not historical that's okay no, they don't have no. to be FP, i think i mentioned this my as my husband calls him a white noise machine <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I bet. Noise machine. FP could do five minutes on beards like Vin Scully. Like Vin Scully did five minutes on beards once, but I feel like it's going to be a different five minutes on beards. Oh, an incredibly different. I mean, I'm pretty sure he has done five minutes on beards. Oh, he definitely has. (laughs) Like, but it's a very different five minutes on beards. I I like FP and his obsession with animal charts. Is what I'll say. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's very much 
on brand for us as well. I, what did we call him recently? We called him our patron saint of something. <laughs> like, I mean, a- talking about animal charts and things like that, like that's definitely our, I'm making hand gestures that nobody can see. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it's, it's on brand, but at the same time, I'm yeah. like, if I have to listen to five minutes on beards, it's going to be Vin Scully's five yeah. minutes on beards. Yeah. Well, we will hopefully get the chance to hear that. That means that we have to like lock this thing up. Yeah. Which I, I guess, I mean, at this point it looks like, as you said, we're going to be playing the Dodgers no matter what, I guess really what remains to be seen is, are we going to be playing them at home or are we going to be playing them away? And, and by so- the time this airs, we'll probably know a little bit more. Okay. Frankly. Cross fingers, knockwood, whatever, because cool, cool, I, cool. I think I like I I have to be honest. I think I have a little bit of responsibility in what happened in the Pirates Nationals game last night. Uh oh. Because I said when the Mets started to win, I said it's okay. I'm not emotionally ready for clinchmas yet. Okay. I know. I know. Which is why. Which is why right now everybody knock wood. Do your what was do the thing that you do, Laura. Like foot foot foot. There you go. Like wait, what? <laughs> what is that? Oh, have I never explained that on the air? No. I guess it's a Russian thing, but then I worked for this old Polish lady at one point who did it too, so maybe it's just like certain parts of Eastern Europe do that. It's kind of like knock on wood or like the beard always says unjinx. I think it's supposed to sound like spitting. Are you spitting the devil in the eye? I am fairly certain that I'm spitting the devil in the eye, but you say tfu 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 instead of actually spitting because it's less gross. <laughs> So for me, anytime I say something, do something, I'm sure you guys have seen it on Twitter. My Nat's Magic Number countdown that I have up over my desk at work says tfu on it in Sharpie. <laughs> this is my biggest superstition. I will always say that whenever we're talking about anything that could be jinxed. But for what it's worth, today, as we're recording, is Grace's birthday. And we were almost going to be in Pittsburgh for her birthday weekend. And then we didn't go because I have too much crazy going on at work. So if they clinch today on her birthday and we're not there in Pittsburgh and it's my fault, she won't kill me because she's a nice person, but I will possibly feel terrible forever. Oh, no. But but at the same time, like getting them to clinch on her birthday, best birthday present ever. Right. Seriously. But we won't be there and it's my no. fault. <laughs> I, yeah. But Mark Melanson will be there. And that's that's going to be yeah. weird, I think, for him. I mean, it, it's got to be, he's, has, he's played, the Melanson has played for the Pirates his whole career, right? Until now, I think. Mm, they were talking about so. him facing Kutch uh, in a previous at-bat, so. Oh, uh, okay, uh, then, then that couldn't be. He came from somewhere where he was having not a great time and then, like, blossomed with the Pirates. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so he's been around the block a little. Um, he was with the Yankees, and then looks like Houston. And then he was actually, that's right, he was in Boston in 2012. And then it was 2013 that he went to Pittsburgh and like got Came his self. <laughs> yeah, got his ish together, swear jar, and pulled his ERA way down and like came into his own. So he had been there since 2013, but that was really, yeah, exactly where he'd come into himself. Okay. Well, then I guess it's not as weird then that he p- could potentially be clinching where he used to be. It, it's I mean, a little weird. They still have his picture in the bullpen. That's weird. What's okay. with that? Okay. 
I have to ask because the the tone from last night was that oh look they still have all of his stuff up. I'm like, you don't think they just brought that back out because they knew he was going to be sitting there looking at it? Like, I really doubt they have a shrine to him in the bullpen that they that remains standing. I'm sure they're just like, Haha, let's like let's like tease him a little bit and put his sharks and stuff back out. I I, I think we should probably ask Tumblr user Mark Melanson. Uh, uh, we yeah. have to ask. We have to ask a Pittsburgh fan. Yeah. So, for confirmation, um, or, but... or we can we can talk about we can talk to a Pittsburgh listener Matt W. Uh, about this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of got the feeling they just. I mean, maybe it's like an, a good breakup where you don't put your ex's stuff in a box and put it on the street. <laughs> um, I mean, they did get Felipe Rivero, and they seem pretty happy with him. Yeah. Yeah. Given yeah. that he's doing yeah. really well. It's still, I mean, it would still be a little bit weird to just be like, yeah, we're going to have all that stuff hanging up. Like, good breakup aside, I don't want, like, pictures of my ex in my house <laughs> <laughs> on display. You know, it's, just, like, it's one thing to be, like, looking back through your album being like, oh, remember when? And then there's another thing to be like, next to my bed, here's a picture of my ex. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of what it feels like in the bullpen situation. Is your ex know. nicknamed the shark? <laughs> Oh, they should be. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, you know, I have to say, like, there, there is only one Nationals shark, and it is not Mark Melanson. There can be only one. Yeah. But we no. haven't been calling him that. No, but I, I didn't know that was a nickname for him until yesterday. Yeah, I, I remember it from, like, right when he was traded, but clearly it was not a nickname that came with, because for the Nationals, there's only the Sharkadina. Like, there's no other shark, as far as the Nationals are concerned, and, and no one can take that. Whatever happened Apparently, to him? Uh, he bounced around. He was with the Reds for a little while, and Philly for a little while, and he was in minors. And I saw him recently, and now I can't remember where it was. You know, he's up and down for minors and, like, being the fourth or fifth outfielder for various teams. I mean, not unsimilar to what he was with us. We just loved him the most. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's with the Mets organization now. Yes. Okay. Uh, but I don't think I don't even think he's up for uh, for September. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, he he was up with somebody earlier in this season because I remember going, "Hey, look, Sharkadina sighting," but I don't I don't remember who. <laughs> he is with the uh, the Las Vegas Fifty Ones, which is just an awesome name for a minor league team. Oh, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Why? That's cute. It's cute, but it's also a little strange. I mean, I mean I'll go like roll with it. Who's number 51 on the Las Vegas 51s, though? Is it a retired know. number before anyone ever gets to wear it? I don't know. Uh, um, I assume I, you have I don't, to be an actual alien. I don't get it. Area 51. Oh, I was thinking, like, gambling. I'm like, we don't like that in baseball. What are we talking about? No, 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 no. It's like, okay. yeah, it's Area 51. Thank um, you. There we go. That makes more sense. Well, so they're putting a hockey team in Vegas, and they're coming up with, like, a bunch of different names uh, for it, and it's probably going to end up being something silly but yeah people were, were proposing the 51s until they mentioned no that's a, a baseball team already so well it's not like there are no two teams that have ever had the exact same name before Rangers, but it probably could Giants. be kind of confusing there's a yeah. football cardinals isn't there yes uh, sweetie yeah. the that arizona Cardinals. that that confuses me um well there's a hockey team that's the rangers yes i knew that uh, they're in the- like new york right yeah, and then there's yeah. the Giants in New York, football and then team. The, the football team, and then the the San Francisco Giants, obviously. Right, uh, I've heard of them. 
Though they ori- yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, though they originated in New York, so maybe it's I don't know, maybe the, the football team is in tribute to that. I don't know. Maybe their New York is just extremely unimaginative. Yeah. There's also that. I mean, yeah. I'm kinda gonna I'm gonna lean that way, but I have my own biases. I'm trying to think of any other team names that overlap. Oh, I was gonna say the Sacramento Kings and the LA Kings. So Okay. What? I mean I'm sure if if we bring minor league teams into this too, it, it definitely spirals. I have a poster that's like the big bo- the big poster of every single baseball team name, and it's I would have to go at it with a mic- uh, magnifying glass to really like look at some of them. But I, there's duplicates everywhere. So yeah, they really should have named that hockey team the Fifty Ones or the Area Fifty the areas. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I think they're gonna get ended up called something how about, like. How about the aliens? I think it's gonna that's be. A little too- the Las Vegas Knights or the Black Knights or something. I mean, at least go with something cool like the Snake Eyes or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, um, if you, like, if you must, the Black Knights just sound so boring. Yeah. Unless they're going like full John Cleese with it, in which case, you know, like, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I, I don't think they're going full John Cleese with it. It's, it's dumb. I don't know. I feel like baseball, if if we expand it at all, or if Montreal gets their team back, I want more Sox names. Yes. Why? But, I don't know. Just for confusion. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the Reds are also named after... The Sox. Sox, but not yep. the Red Sox. So, like, right. I just... I'm pro. I, I think what we need to do with that is, like, if they're going to... If we're going to add more Sox related team names, then it has to actually be a requirement that at least one person at all times has to be wearing the socks of their team. Not just on the field, like in the shower, <laughs> on the day off. Like you're the sock, the, the designated sock wearer for the team. Exactly. Like, you know, somebody on the Red Sox needs to wear a pair, always needs to be par- wearing a pair of Red Sox. Somebody on the White Sox always needs to be wearing a pair. Of, the Reds, they somebody always wears the ones because they've got the cool one with like the double stripe on the top, which mm-hmm. I, which I do appreciate, right? It's the red, Reds that have that, right? I I think so. Yeah, I haven't been watching them because of you know, I, I think <laughs> effectively Wild called them Joey Votto and some other people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're shooting for the bottom. Yeah, it's like Mike Trout and the Trouts. So. Yeah, <laughs> Mike Trout and Joey Votto. I feel like if I if they weren't both baseball players. Neither of them would have like a a distinguishing characteristic visually. Uh, they look like villains in '80s movies, if that's helpful. Yeah. They're just both like these really bland, brawny white dudes mm-hmm. who, I I honestly, if you showed me a picture of each of them out of uniform, I don't know that I could tell you which is which. I I I I could probably tell you, but I would have to like squint a little bit. And I didn't re- like I didn't realize until the all this this year's All Star Game that Anthony Rizzo and Mike Trout look almost indistinguishable. Oh yeah, they look. Oh, he's the other one. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, like I knew there was almost more. indistinguishable, and I'm just like, like did did they come out of a baseball clone factory? I was just like... gonna ask that. <laughs> well, it's like my, like Rizzo is the Italian model, Trout is. <laughs> whatever he the jersey uh, model the fish model the jersey model <laughs> which can also still be the italian yeah. model let's yeah. be fair um, honestly if ba- if you told me that mlb had a breeding program i that produced only thick neck white dudes i would believe you <laughs> <laughs> maybe they're the actual aliens from the las vegas 51s it's like that x files <laughs> episode <laughs> but yeah like the, the 
I'm sure we could probably pull up a whole list of baseball guys just currently active that all look exactly like that. Those are just the three most obvious because they're the the three most important people on their respective teams. We don't really have anybody that looks like that, though, do we? Not quite. I mean, probably the blandest that we have is maybe Chris Heisey, but he's cuter. I'd say some of our some of our uh, bullpen guys have a maybe don't look oh. like Mike and the Trouts or like you know don't look like that not that. Particular particular model but we've had a number of bullpen guys that really all look like they interbred to make yeah. the rest of them <laughs> I, I, I yeah. love our i love our clown car bullpen are you kidding like, oh it's so great oh 13 guys in there my metaphor has been they look like a yeah. freshman dc field trip yeah they do yeah. like they also, even have yeah, they even have the matching t-shirts yeah, um, you just have Oliver Perez, like, leading the leash of, like, toddlers that they're all holding on the sides of. <laughs> like, Coda, <laughs> come along. Mm-hmm. Don't don't poke Scrabble. Yeah, I think I think Ollie's the oldest one in there. I'm sure he, I, I mean, yeah. Scrabble's yeah. not as young as we have been talking about him. No, Scrabble's, Scrabble's aged. Probably early 30, as I'd yeah. say, but Ollie is definitely 30. I know he's 34, and he looks the oldest because he's got that whole Silver Fox thing going on. Um, Ollie's 35. He had a birthday. Oh. <gasps> how had a, how dare birthday. he have a birthday and make me wrong? <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah, he went completely gray, which, to be fair, if you're a seventh, eighth inning pitcher for the Nationals, you're going to go gray. Like, yeah. it's a wonder Tyler Clippard isn't just white-haired. So. Yeah. Scrabble is 31. Oh, yeah. That's about what I thought. Okay. I had an important Tyler Clippard-related question. So, <gasps> okay. then the Yankees have a no facial hair policy. Does, does he still have yeah. the, the, the chin fungus? No. Oh. He doesn't. Okay. He did shave it. I'm almost positive. I haven't. See, the problem is now that he's on the Yankees, me being able to find pictures of him with any regularity has become much more difficult. But the last picture I saw, no, no chin fungus. I mean, I I don't know how strict the Yankees policy is on whether it's like you must shave every day. And if you're Danny Espinosa, you have to shave three times a day (laughs) and during the game. Or if like a little stubble because you slept in that morning is like okay as long as you don't go full jason worth mm-hmm. um like that chin fungus was getting to be a, an actual beard and not just like chin fungus so i he it's gone okay. to the best of my knowledge okay because i was surprised the marlins apparently also have a new facial hair policy which I to be surprised. fair christian yelich couldn't grow a beard so it's okay <laughs> like um jose fernandez new father jose fernandez or Did- no, they didn't have the baby, but his his yeah, soon wife, girlfriend, partner is pregnant. Yes. Um, so I assume the child will come out smiling. <laughs> Presumably. But yeah, so I'm not sure who on the Marlins could grow a beard. Well, John Carlos Stanton has definitely had one in off seasons. I mean, not like a beard beard, but has had like facial hair, chin stuff. Chin stuff. Chin stuff. <laughs> I've definitely seen that, which is why I was actually kind of surprised by the fact that they have this no facial hair policy because I'm like, I swear to God, drug color Santa's hat. And maybe it's like a new policy or something. 
Well, they're only hiring baby-faced guys, so it's it's helpful. Like, D. Gordon can't grow a beard. Yeah. Christian Yelich is too young. Uh, maybe that's why they instituted it, so that they didn't have to let all the little babies feel bad. Yeah. Like, oh, he's got a beard, but I don't. I just have patches. Yeah. And like they're like, okay, nobody's allowed beards, <laughs> so that Christian Yelich doesn't cry. <laughs> I don't think Yikes. he's crying about this season. He's hitting like no. three hundred. Oh, he's doing really well. Good really week. well. The only thirteen-year-old to play Major League Baseball. Uh, Trey. Is twelve. Is twelve. True. He also is trying to grow a beard. Oh god, it's so terrible. It's really terrible. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, Luckily, you can only see it in like close-ups, so most of the time we don't have to like cover our eyes in horror. But (laughs) I'm a little mad that he missed that catch last night. So bottom of the ninth, two outs. If Denard Span would have been there, we wouldn't have lost. If heck, if Ben Mm -hmm. Revere would have been there, we wouldn't have lost. But I wouldn't. I mean. Yeah, or heck, if Michael A. Taylor yeah. would have made that catch. Yeah. Um, um, well, Dusty did say they should have been playing him deeper, and it wasn't like 100% on him where he was in the first place. But yeah. he should have been deeper, regardless of who whose decision that was. Yeah. He just doesn't, I mean, maybe he will learn his instincts. He just doesn't have center field instincts yet. You know, when he makes amazing catches, it still has that edge of like, he kind of lucked into that one a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when it's something like that, you're just like, God damn it, you should have been there. Well, and like, quite frankly, the more amazing the catch means you're out of position. Like, Denard Span (laughs) would make it look easy. And he would make some like amazing catches at times, but at the same time, it'd be like, oh, no, it's it's gone. It's just taken care of. Like, I was there because I knew my position. I knew my, you know, I knew where I should be. I knew the depth. And if I need to put the wheels on, I will. But, like, I will also run the cleanest possible route, like, really efficient. Um, And so if you have to make spectacular catches except against the wall, it means you're out of position. And, you know, I get that they want to put Stephen Drew at second base. Like, when Daniel Murphy is out with his butt. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Butt soreness. Yeah, he's he's his buttocks strain, um, <laughs> as, as they keep saying. But like, and Stephen Drew, um, yeah, yeah, like I understand why they want to put him back in to give him some time because he was out with vertigo and apparently just had like ear problems that were making him dizzy and nauseous for weeks. It sounds awful. Yeah, vertigo is um, really nasty. Um, did they ever find out what was causing it? I want to say they did some, I don't know, they did some ear stuff and drained fluid and all of the stuff that you would do, but no, not really. I mean, he didn't, like, take a bump on the head or anything, though, right? I don't not think that I know so I'm aware of. He, like, had the flu for a while. Okay, that I mean, that could have done it. I'm just thinking, like, usually people who are youngish don't come, just, like, come down with vertigo unless there's something else going on right mm-hmm. like no so, well but, if he had like an ear infection associated with the flu that could screw yeah. things up for a little while oh yeah that definitely could be what it is yeah i was just yeah. like oh god i hope he didn't get hit on the head no he didn't <laughs> he didn't get terrible. his ball wrong um i'm like oh what was it last night was it polanco who got who ran into the wall oof i think so that looks bad yeah did he go face first yeah. into the chain link is that what it, it was it wasn't uh, chain link no it was, it was oh thank god outfield Okay, because I was looking at it, I missed the it actually happening, um, and they have like an inordinate amount of chain link out in the outfield in PNC. Yeah, so it was it was, like, it was oh, you know padded outfield fence, but he went completely face first into it, like you yeah. saw his head go back. Oh my god! 
Well, I, I was surprised by the chain link separating the two bullpens as well. So like, <laughs> I, like Ali and, and uh, Felipe Rivero and all of them were talking through the chain link while, yeah. while pretending to stretch. They uh, have that at City also. And I just think it's the funniest thing, like the Romeo and Juliet bullpens. <laughs> um we'll keep it like i mean we have jerry blevins on the mets now so yeah and he bleached his hair yeah he he did it too yeah why is it a is it a again it has to be a team thing there's at least three confirmed people now on the mets who did it it had to have been like a bonding thing or like a pranking like a hazing thing somebody replaced everyone's shampoo with bleach yeah why would they do that like blevins who's blatantly not a rookie yeah. Also, I, I think know. as Rubel Cabrera could eat you. Like he, he he's built yeah. a little Ramosy. Not quite as Ramosy as Ramos, but he's definitely um on the more muscular end of string bean to Bartolo Colon. Yeah. So yeah. lower half thickness. Yeah, he's got the lower half thickness, yeah. and he's been. I mean, he's been good for them this season. Uh, actually, back to um amazing fielding or not so amazing fielding. Yeah. Um, the only player, player, play or player that i love this week right now is a brave yikes <laughs> i know it feels so wrong but ender in Ciarte's catch against the mets to lower art to to rob suspicious of a three-run homer and to drop the magic number to two was amazing it was i just i team just i can't i mean to be it, fair at this it was point, great it's danzu sanson and the strangers like yeah, uh, and it's Freddie Freeman, but whatever. But like, it's not the the Brian McCanns and the hit him with the baseball Braves, and it hasn't been for a while. Stopped them from doing it again. Just the other day, they threw at Jose Fernandez's head. Oh because yeah, he very obviously, accidentally hit Nick Markakis. Like, yeah. let's pitch at his head. I, I did enjoy that you can, you can hear him, like, you can see him yelling, like, you threw up my blah, 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 my head. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think he was smiling while he was yelling. He was, because he was just kind of like, come on, really? Yeah. I know, I know. I'm not trying to make it better, but, like. I know. Andrew but the catch was nice. <laughs> like, and he had no reason to help the Nationals, like. <laughs> And every reason not to, but at the same time, it was it was lovely, and I'm happy that it's magic number yeah. down to two, even if we can't seem to win. Do it on our own. <laughs> That's going to change, right? We, it has to. It Who's has starting to tonight? Uh, Ross. Oh. Yeah, Dimples is, is starting Maybe again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I'm excited. Yeah. I was actually going to like talk about that, and then he just, when you asked the question, it's like, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, Joe Ross is finally back. Yay. Um, I'm I'm glad he's back. I'm a little sick of people talking about how Gio is gonna single-handedly take down the uh, the Dodgers. Um, who's saying that? Who oh, is saying that? They're like, because the Dodgers can't handle left-handed pitching and blah blah. I'm like, it's still Gio, and he has been serviceable this year, and I love him, but. We do have this Max Scherzer, Tanner Roark, one-two punch kind of deal. Like, Gio is a, a very distant third on that. Um, and so I love him, and he's wonderful, but, like, he's not going to go out and slay the Dodgers just because they can't hit as well off left-handers. And if and if the Dodgers were really that terrible against left-handers, so like, the one single left-hander makes the difference, I don't think they'd be in the playoffs. Or, like, 
aiming for the playoffs, obviously. They're not there technically yet. Have they actually clinched a spot? No. Yeah, yeah I guess no. they must have. Did they? They haven't even clinched. Like- no. I didn't think so, okay. yeah. I, I thought only, like, the Cubs and the Rangers yeah. and... Uh, it's the Indians, still, well, uh, you can, the you can clinch... You can clinch a position in the playoffs. We have we are guaranteed clinched in the playoffs. We're just not we haven't clinched the division yet. We are? I thought we So the Dod- I thought we weren't because we lost last No, we, we No, we clinched that a while ago. We are guaranteed, I think, because we'll still no matter what get a wild card spot. It might be like the last wild card spot, but I don't think we can actually fall out of the playoffs at this point. Foot foot foot. Yes. Yeah, spit and well, hit no, the but devil I mean, like, in I'm the pretty eye. sure mathematically. Uh, like it's not a luck situation; it's a it's a mathematical one. I'm just um, in case your math is wrong. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, I would say you know at this point, in terms of games behind, so I'm looking at magic number charts. Um, so we're nine games behind the Cubs, but the the Giants are 17 and a half games behind the Cubs. So and the Giants are in the second um, wild card spot at this point. So. I think technically we could fall below that. Um, but it would be pretty hard. Let's not tempt fate. I guess. I mean, there's not really been anything else majorly news, at least that's, you know, on our sphere, baseball related. I mean, there's just the backing our way slowly into the playoffs. <laughs> I just had what? the image of a truck backing up. And we just hit the curb a couple times. Beep. Yeah. Beep. Well, the, the yeah. fictional baseball uh, news of the week. The show pitch premiered on Fox on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And something that we've been looking forward to with cautious optimism, I'd say is probably the best way to yeah. uh, frame that. Obviously, in case you don't know us at all at this point, which we are very pro-women in professional sports and obviously baseball in particular, and pitch is all about the first ever MLB female pitcher. I was going to say professional baseball player, but actually that's, we've, as we've discovered, discussed in a previous episode, that has technically already happened with the Sonoma Stompers. Well, um, um, and I actually have it up. Um, there were three women who played in the Negro Leagues. Yes. Yes, that's, yes, um, yes. And, and um, but so MLB, well as, you know, the Rockford Peaches. But MLB specifically, the yes. first MLB pitcher. But we wanted to sort of talk about a little bit because obviously that's something that's important to us and believe in here. And it's the an interesting opportunity. So, Well, why don't we just agree not to ruin the plot twist at the end of the episode, but to talk about just the rest of it and yeah. our impressions so far? I think, and I think um, what we're going to, we're going to try not to like uh, recap or necessarily even full on review, review the episode. This isn't a TV review blog, but what we'll discuss, we'll discuss and uh, we'll, we'll do our best to avoid spoilers. I, and I think this, we have an opportunity for a baseball fan review of the show. Like mm-hmm. one, no one told me I would have to listen to that much Joe Buck in watching the show. <laughs> Like yeah, but you I, got Katie Nolan too. I, we do have Katie Nolan, and I like Katie Nolan. But Joe Buck makes me want to throw things at the freaking wall. I, uh, I mostly think... Joe Buck. I want to throw him at the wall. <laughs> I uh, mean, I think yes, we weren't warned, but we probably should have anticipated, considering the amount that Fox has been in. I mean, Fox is airing it, and then yeah. Fox is the one that's like heavily involved in the production of it. We should have been like, hmm, I bet they're only going to give us Fox broadcasters. <laughs> Yeah. It's more on us. <laughs> Not yeah. But. So 
if if you're Joe Buck averse, um, he doesn't add anything of value to the show. If that's helpful, because he doesn't add of anything of value to the Earth. Um, right. <laughs> I thought but... it was interesting the way that they used real life personalities, and I I get what they're trying to do with authenticity, and I appreciate it. I did think it was a little bit heavy handed in the pilot. Yeah, like there was just a lot of look at I... us. We have people who are real people, and that means the show feels more real. And it I, took up time that could have been going into actually developing the, the setup of the show. I, I do, will say, I think it remains to be seen that, as you said, this is the pilot. Everything's always a little heavy-handed in a pilot. True. So I think, I think you're right that they're trying to push it to, like, force that, that authenticity. And we'll have to see. Hopefully it'll all dial back because most of these people have other jobs that they need to do or they think they need to do. Like Joe Buck, but nobody wants him to do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> But like they can't, they can't realistically be in every single episode. Thank God for that. Well, and I think in terms of authenticity, like the the trappings and the look of it were, except for like there were a couple of baseball problems I had with the show. Honestly, her asking to come out. Uh, one that. (laughs) Two uh, spoilers, by the way. Two. Um, why would if even if she were a call up to sub swap in as a you know fifth starter in the rotation it was a spot start i thought it was but but at the same time like they didn't have her throw to zach morris prior like other than those like three pitches as warm-up during the game that doesn't no that didn't make any sense like you you, anyone even a spot start would spend some time with a new catch with their catcher to learn about like sign, especially when you're throwing a screwball, which yeah is not a typical sign. Yeah, you need to like get some of that that stuff hammered out, and you wouldn't it wouldn't be a surprise that he watched some tape. No, he would have watched a lot of tape, so he would know how to call her and, and catch a freaking screwball. Like people who catch knuckleballs yeah. are you know like you have to have a special catcher to catch a knuckleballer. Like you would, and so that I found that very frustrating. Can I actually ask, can I, can I tangent yeah. for one question? Because I genuinely don't know this because people don't throw screwballs that frequently. You also need a special kind of glove to catch a knuckleball. Do you need a special kind of glove for a screwball? Is it, or, or can you get away with like a regular catcher's mitt? Because that would come up, I would think. I don't think so. <laughs> Doesn't it just break the other way from a slider? Yeah. And that's what's super weird. So okay. I wouldn't think that you needed anything okay. special to catch it other than the knowledge of how. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and honestly, the way that they, they did like a slow-mo tracking of one of her pitches, um, I think it tracked more like a knuckleball. Like it, it, yeah. does, we'll have to, it does a floaty thing, not a breaky thing. I need to watch it again. I don't have a TV because um, I don't. And so I watched much of this by the good graces of Jen Rubenstein and Skype. <laughs> it's also on Hulu. It is now. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to watch it live yeah. because it was exciting. And so I watched it in pretty lousy yeah. quality. Okay. But I still got to watch it live. So thanks, Jen. But yeah, I'm there, and then there was a couple other little things. Like after her start, she was sitting around joking with the people in the clubhouse. And instead of like being packed in 10, 20 pounds of ice and ace right. bandages, I was like, no. <laughs> well, um, and like the idea of like, oh, we're going to stick her in like a little special changing area and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, she was just in AAA. Like AAA people true. are grateful oh, for showers. I was wondering <laughs> about that because um, Justine Siegel is constantly posting pictures of her like non-existent BS locker rooms that she gets. Oh, really? Yeah. That actually, I I was... I had mixed feelings about that because, yeah, on the one hand, she's been in the minors. They must have had to solve this problem somewhere already. On the other hand, Justine Siegel 
never has a good place to change. And if I mean, you look on her Twitter, she's always getting bumped by like, oh, there was a special event in the conference room that I usually use as a locker room. So I'm in a supply closet today. That's probably what they were kind of going for is that they haven't solved this problem actually. And they're just kind of like shoving it around. I don't know. I, I have to say, if you spent five years in the minors and played like winter ball, which is what they said in the show, mm-hmm. just freaking change in front of men. Like who the hell cares? you know, change your bra and underwear in the bathroom and then come out and be as freaking naked as the rest of the them. In the I'm sure house. she would. I didn't get the yeah. sense that she would have had yeah. a problem, but I yeah. don't know. I mean, they're the Padres. I don't really know much about how conservative or not they are, but... And they're fi- and it's a fictional version team, of them. So we'll have to... Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see how that plays out. I mean, I did think, um, and we're going to come back around to this, the, the wonderfully... I don't even know what to say because I just, all I'm thinking is swear jar, swear jar, swear jar. The <laughs> lovely article that the New York Times wrote, oh. the headlines that we will come back to. We're going to come back to this. We're going to come back I to that. I did actually read the, read the article. And while the tone of the article was still garbagey, they had a lot of quotes from the showrunners that they're like, we're kind of using this to sneak in a lot of commentary on, you know, uh, misogyny in sports and misogyny in the world at large. So like, maybe this is all stuff that's going to be setting up for, like, they might have felt that like, yeah, okay, we could just have her change in the men's locker room. But in terms of what we want to uh, address in later episodes of the show and like themes of the show... Do we want it to just be like everyone's a okay with that? I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I doubt it. <laughs> I mean, maybe I guess, it can be a plot point later. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and maybe maybe that is the sort of progress towards the you know towards the end. She's just hanging out with the rest of them. You know, whatever. Right. Um, it's just one of those things. Like minor league baseball is like just like there's so much of a difference from that in the majors that Mm it and I have no idea what the Dominican Winter League is like, but I am also going to assume it's you know like minor league baseball. You just, you would have to have, I guess, change in a closet, change in your car, stuff like yeah. that. Because, yeah. like, the Sonoma Stompers are like, we have porta potties. We don't even have showers. Yeah. Um, and, like, single A baseball ain't ain't that much different. Well, well I think it, that's one of those things that's probably we're going to have to see where they're going with it. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, I did feel, though obviously we're we're kind of picking nits about some of this stuff like i was really irritated like she comes back on the field after the game and the lights are all on i'm like okay no, no. <laughs> but, but like also there were no spikes on the mound when she first goes up like she See, has this, that I, well she, okay so they have the pitching rubber they had a rosin bag and there were no spikes that's such a weird detail to forget yeah and now the second start she has she has spikes but like during her first start there are no spikes on the mound and i'm like what the hmm? That's just a screw up then. I yeah. again I couldn't tell because quality of picture. But, um, um sorry, that was just it was puzzling. Yeah. I was like where's she going to where's she going to rub her shoes off? Like <laughs> one thing that I did like from the perspective of nitpicky baseball. I thought the scene with her dad teaching her the grip for the mm-hmm. screwball was really really nice. Yeah. I don't know personally how to throw a screwball, so I can't technically vouch for the accuracy, but I thought the way they really zoomed in on their hands, talking about the placement of their fingers as a baseball detail and as a nice character moment. I really enjoyed that scene. I also would say on that, it it also felt very authentic to some of the stories I've heard of, you know, actual real professional baseball players saying like how they learned how to do certain pitches with their parents. Like uh, Gio, um, his dad used to train him through warmups with like ever decreasing size of balls. Like he would start with a basketball and then like move his way down sort of thing. And like, so it felt like a very personally authentic baseball type of story. Mm -hmm. 
even if I don't know if again I don't know from the technical details of a, of a screwball specifically but yeah it looked pretty close to honestly a circle change in terms of the way that they had it positioned for her oh, that's and, true. I'm look, and I'm looking up grips for screwballs and they they look sort of like that um I mean the actress apparently did learn how to pitch like yeah. that is yeah that is a thing and the reason they don't have her be a knuckleballer is because like quite frankly they don't have time to teach anyone how to knuckle and so, yeah, I mean, I'm looking it up and it looks it, it looks a little closer to a circle change than what they actually showed or than what's actually used for a screwball. But like, whatever that that it, I thought was a nice character moment. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that they they they're putting in the effort and it, it we're, we're, we're picking the nits of the bad stuff. But there was definitely some good authentic feeling stuff in there, too. Yeah, I think um, it has a ton of potential. It's you know, you can only get so much out of one episode. Um, yeah. There are obviously things we had issues with. There are other things that from a less baseball perspective i thought were really nice i won't go into them because like you said we're not a tv review (laughs) blog but stuff like her relationship with other women characters Mm -hmm. as real humans have relationships with other people who are also women you know that sort of thing Mm -hmm. i think we're going in a really positive direction i think while there are certainly things that we can nitpick and that we're not super realistic it's a really solid start and i'm really excited to see where they go Mm -hmm. with it oh yeah i'm sure yeah and we're all collectively hoping for less Joe Buck. <laughs> less Joe Buck. I mean, again, I want to nitpick it as a hardcore baseball fan just because the New York Times was Thinks like... that we can't? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah. well, I mean, just that article. And, and part of it was the tweets and the headline that came out of it. But even the tone of the article was like, women in baseball is a gimmick. Yeah. Women yeah. can't be hardcore baseball fans because how do we appeal, appeal to both the hardcore baseball fan and women? Yeah. Well, yeah. the exact headline, which they put on Twitter, was... How will pitch cater to the hardcore baseball fan expecting authenticity while still appealing to women? Which it's not even so much that they rejected the premise. They weren't even saying like women can't be hardcore baseball fans. It's like they didn't even acknowledge the 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 possibility that they already are. It wasn't like, oh, women could never understand this game with their puny female brains. It was like, well, clearly just women just don't. I'm sorry. I like, sat down and calculated. Which is almost like more offensive to me. I sat down and like, calculated Jenny Baker's ERA after I watched that episode. So like, screw you, New York Times. Can you do yeah. that? But what happened on Twitter actually in response to that headline was a thing of beauty, which was for anyone who missed, I tweeted up a storm in this hashtag. So if you already follow us on Twitter, this is not news. But um, the hashtag that came out of it was hashtag what a baseball fan looks like. Um, It was actually started by um, someone from sort of Mets Twitter, but we won't hold it against her. Um, Her name is Megan Brown. Her Twitter handle is that girl on deck. She posted a selfie in response to the Times headline and hashtagged it what a baseball fan looks like. And several other people on Twitter, including myself, saw this and went, hey, that's a good idea. And the next thing any of us knew, everybody and their sister was posting selfies of themselves and other female baseball fans and pictures attending games and pictures of their daughters throwing baseballs around. And it was really, really awesome. It really blew up, which was very satisfying. So unfortunately it doesn't seem to have penetrated the uh, consciousness of the people who wrote the article because they changed their headline to refer to it as a gimmick. Right, they didn't change the article at all. And actually the original tweet, as far as I know, never went away. So they didn't just yeah. like replace it, replace it. It was just an additional tweet that was also not good. And yeah. weirdly I enough, I think they officially changed 
the headline. Oh, I think they? they did actually officially, and then and then they retweeted it with the new headline, okay. as if the new headline was somehow better. Right. Yeah. It was actually the yeah. New York Times arts section too. Yeah. Because it was a TV review. Like, okay, I expect a certain amount of crap from the sports section. Maybe if it's like a dude who doesn't get it. I don't know, maybe the arts people know less about sports fans because they're not sports fans, and so they're making more assumptions, but I just, I would have expected better, A, from the New York Times, and B, from the supposedly enlightened people of the arts section. Well, I I have to say, like, the arts section, as you said, probably knows less about baseball fans. I feel like the sports section at this point is more conscious of of these issues, and, like, when you have actual folks in, you know, the MLB, I think it's the Pirates uh, manager who's like, we're gonna have a female professional baseball player in my lifetime. Like, this is part of the conversation and has been for a, a, a longer time than maybe the art section realizes. Like, my guess is the art section didn't know that a league of their own is based on actual human people <laughs> yes. and isn't just like a fun Penny Marshall movie. My favorite yeah. picture in what a baseball fan looks like was the person who Dottie Hinson was based on. Yeah, that was yeah, a great there picture. There you go. Yeah, like, because you know, stick it in your ear, New York Times. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I feel like the yeah. people at the sports section would have a better sense of, of history and context for women in baseball versus the art section, which is like, ha-ha, it's a gimmick. And you're like, well, if you just had a show about a player who's new to Major League Baseball, that would still be a show. Yeah, like, I, I mean, every show has a gimmick, especially at the beginning. That's kind of how you get a show started and how get people interested in 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 the the show like (laughs) if this is a gimmick literally everything is gimmick well and like they've had they had a series of movies where a golden retriever played sports like (laughs) oh wait 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 are you telling me that there is a golden retriever who doesn't play basketball i thought I, i i i believe that those were based on the truth like the, I know, I know, you were an Airbud true believer. That's and... not a documentary. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Like a woman in baseball. I'm like, son, you've had a, you've had a series of movies about a dog that played basketball. Like dog ghosts. Like <sighs> one of the most beloved, uh, one of the most beloved. Even though it's not my personal favorite by like several yards, baseball movies of all time is about. The gimmick of the 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 Chicago Black Sox coming back to play baseball again. Yeah, ghosts play <laughs> that, baseball, but a woman, a woman. What they about the man? Isn't that guy like forty something in the rookie? Yeah, and that was also based on a true story, but still gimmicky. Or the rookie of the year with the twelve-year-old, the actual twelve-year-old, not Trey Turner, twelve-year-old, but an actual twelve-year-old playing Major League Baseball. Uh, yes, <laughs> or just the Major League movies. Like, yeah. baseball has a long history of media about absurd people playing, including, and let's catalog it, ghosts and 12-year-old <laughs> children. But I guess and they angels. all have dicks, so it's fine. <laughs> and the dog is a boy. To be the dog is a yes, boy! Of course. Oh my God. God. It has to be a boy, because as we know, girls aren't baseball fans or sports Girl- fans in general. Girl dogs girls can't, can't play, play basketball. Like, oh. <laughs> Girl dogs can't play basketball. <laughs> like... <laughs> I, I feel like I mean and and this gets back into like you can't have female animals doing things in movies like the freaking mm-hmm. bee movies which mm, oh no 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 <laughs> I know like a human and a bee never mind I haven't seen yeah, it we, 
there's like too much to go into in the B movie. But the point of okay, we've talked about Ant Man. Answer girls. B movie. Let's not these start are girls. That but no, apparently, apparently, even insects must be boys. Yeah, but girl dogs can't play basketball because that's just ridiculous. Yep. But you know, you could have a golden retriever, but not a, a female athlete. An actual human female who has clearly this was one of the things that I did like the the demonstration of her training mm-hmm. throughout the course of that was like that actually seemed pretty on mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of like what you would have to do. Yeah. So for all of the nits that we've picked, it's it it's it's not playing as gimmicky any more than any any concept of anything is a gimmick to get people interested. Like at this point they have CSI my house. So like (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's like CSI CSI New York, CSI Las Vegas, CSI in space, CSI underseas crime. (laughs) Like why not, you know, and it's just it's um the New York Times space. CSI in space sounds good. Actually, I would watch CSI in space. I'm yeah, well, of like, course you would. Space crime. <laughs> um, the saddest part is when she's ranting about how she's a robot that sh- that's malfunctioning. I'm like, but this would be better if if there were real robot players. Like, <laughs> you know, that's what I want. Uh, yes. <laughs> I just want robot umps. I don't want to take it as far as robot players. <sighs> Agreed. Are we agree. having this debate now? No, no. we're not. No. I will. I will. I will keep it together but yeah but like in a sport where you have a history of female players people female professional players female pitchers female pitchers who have struck out some of the best hitters in baseball and they're like nah bro but the dog can do it (laughs) it's just oh hey kids the patriarchy um Bitch Planet. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly Sue DeConnick. DeConnick. Yeah. Um, and they have the ads yes. in Bitch Planet that say, hey, kids, the patriarchy. <laughs> it's good. It's it's about female sports in space. I like it. Also, there's jail. Okay. It's <laughs> there's there's a lot in that, in that, I guess, gimmick. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I need to get that out of my system. Well, I think it's something that's like in all of our systems. I don't know. I mean, to be perfectly honest. Would we even be doing this podcast in the first place if we weren't, if this wasn't in our systems all the time? No, probably not. Like, if we weren't constantly pissed off about female fans being disrespected and female athletes not being acknowledged, we might have been like, yeah, that could be fun. But I don't think we would be doing this podcast. Well, you guys were the ones who came up with the idea in the first place. So what were you thinking when you came up with it? I was thinking I made my fourth grade class when I was in fourth grade watch A League of Their Own for Women's History Month. That is not a school appropriate movie for fourth graders, but I did it and it was great. And so That's absolutely a school appropriate movie. What are you talking about? <laughs> um nah. <laughs> but like I feel like I just I took that feeling and I got larger and that's basically it. I mean, yeah, I like I, I I'd been thinking about for years how nice it would be to have a have a, a baseball podcast or something like that and I just kept getting frustrated because like 90% of my outside of like you guys here and like a couple people I've met along the way for most of my life all of my friends who have been at all interested in baseball have been guys and it's fine well I don't mind talking to guys about baseball I enjoy it but it's also really nice to just be able to talk to some other women about baseball so that I don't have to put up with the same bullshit every single time you know the funny thing is and A, I'm younger than you, and B, I just have fewer friends who are baseball fans. But basically, all my friends who are baseball fans are female. 
I, that's I mean, very nice. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of weird. I love it, but it's kind of weird. And I think it really is because I just, most of my friends are not baseball fans. And so, like, the few that are, I don't know, they're, like, particularly selected or something like that. But it also has to do with the fact that Grace is the one who got me into Nationals baseball. My aunt is the one who got me into baseball in the first place when I was little. So it's been a very skewed sort of baseball upbringing yeah. for me. Well, I was going to say, when you go to a game and you're, like, talking to people, you know, intersection or whatever, it's just, you know, and, and you sort of make baseball friends by talking to other baseball fans. Like, I, I, personally, my patience for dudes being dudes about it is very, very, very short. And so it's, I think, easier for me to make friends with women to talk about baseball because I'm not constantly bracing for them to ask me who pitched a perfect game in the World Series and it was Don Larson and God damn it. Or like, what's the infield freaking fly rule? Or wait, yeah. wait, what's everyone's favorite? Who taught you how to score? Oh my God. Who taught you how to read? Always. Yeah. Like, Grace, or, female. Or, my friend Grace, who is a girl, taught me how to score. Like, my baseball upbringing has been almost entirely through men. My dad is the one who was interested in it and then got me interested in it as a kid. My friends growing up um, were the one, my, my male friends growing up were the ones who took me to baseball games. And so like, I've always had this very sort of male perspective on it. And my patience is maybe a little bit longer simply because I kind of had to have it. But when I invite friends to games, like outside of you guys or dragging my female non-baseball friends to baseball games, because I'm like, you're staying with me for a month. You're coming to a baseball game whether you like it or not. Like it's always been through this lens of men and to the point and, and I just kind of hit a I hit a point. Like, you know, I go out and I'm talking uh, to my significant other who is male about about baseball and guys will come over and compliment him. Yeah. Uh... For having a wife. Who knows about baseball? Well, he he paid those five camels for you, so you know, <laughs> good work. Um, I I have the other perspective, which is my husband knows jack about baseball. At one point, I was really tired, like falling asleep on him, tired, and listening to you know a game and a, or watching a game, and he was trying to tell me what was happening, and his commentary was literally, "Oh, there's a man with a beard. He's breathing into his glove." <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, and then he threw it. Oh, which one comes first? The strikes, the balls in the count. Like, that's that's the level I'm at. But when we're out, guys will talk to him about baseball automatically as if there's sort of some assumed knowledge that comes with being male that is that's endemic and inherent to being male that you would know what how to read a count. Um, you know, and yeah. it's it's one of those things where at games, I'll explain things to him, and then dudes will assume that he was the one explaining them to me, yeah. like, after overhearing it. And it's just one of the, I'm like, again, you know, no disrespect to him. He comes to games with me. He likes drinking outdoors while, while there is sausage. Um, <laughs> but, like, he ain't never going to be a baseball fan, and I've accepted that. Um, mm -hmm. But it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, he doesn't know this because he's a mm -hmm. dude and you, you know, you're not born knowing it. Um, no. And, no. and I think that's the, that's the thing that really rubs me the wrong way. So at any point we've, I mean, obviously this is something that we've all had yeah. like, to, or I mean, I guess Laura, you a little bit less, but I mean, you've obviously dealt with the, the, the people oh, and God, asking yeah. the questions. I think part of it is again, you know? I, I'm outside of Nat's territory and I'm in Red Sox territory where I try to avoid everything at all costs <laughs> so maybe yeah. that and i grew up in red sox territory without being a red sox fan um so that probably skews it too but you get um, to sort of curate your interactions a little bit 
Yeah, and I also, you have a section where you sit and you make friends with the people in your yeah. section. I've never had a regular section, so the people yeah. change every time. I mean, I just, like, I have come to appreciate drunk dudes who just want to talk about baseball who are totally like, oh, yeah, let's just talk about some baseball. Like, I, Kay, do you remember Drunk Mets fan? Oh, yes. Oh, Drunk Mets fan. Like, but you guys, ended up talking, you guys ended up talking about hockey, and then I was like, I'm out in the cold. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, Drunk Mets fan was just a drunk dude we met, and he, I think he was, like, bumming a cigarette off of you, and then just wanted to talk about, like, Travis Darno's season, and that was fine. Yeah. And I remember, like, apologizing, because that was when Jerry Blevins had just had his arm shattered or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, did he break his arm yeah. twice last year? Oh. He, like, fell off a curb. This was, like, a while. This was a couple years ago. Oh, um, so he shattered his arm. But he might have, he might have broken it again. Um, but, no, he got he, hit with a comebacker and, like, the beginning of 14 i want to say yikes i don't remember that like we had just traded him to the mets maybe it was whatever year it was we had just traded him to the mets and then like in the third game or something he took a comeback or two his forearm and it like yeah exploded but then he rebroke <laughs> it he was almost back and he stepped off yeah. the curb and fell and rebroke oh it my yeah. Lord. but anyway like yeah i mean there there i i've had perfectly genuine good faith interactions with people but those aren't the ones that unfortunately when i get my dander up those aren't the ones that stick out yeah you know um and and you know hashtag not all men but like at the same time <laughs> when you do have a good interaction it, it sticks out as being extraordinary yeah. in ways that yeah. it shouldn't like yeah. thanks for being a decent human being and just assuming that the person you're talking to knows what they're talking about and don't seem overly pleased to discover that the person that you're talking about because that's what i yeah. get actually Ugh. more frequently yeah about. they're like so pleased that oh my god she knows what she's talking about and i'm like yeah that, i do i think that's why i'm having this conversation with you that i thought was like a genuine conversation like literally one time i have ever been happy to be have someone delighted that i knew what i was talking about and let me give you what the trick was in this conversation it was an older woman who was really delighted to hear a younger woman carrying on the tradition of baseball because the impression wasn't oh my god look at that girl dog pitch like yeah. <laughs> i was not a monkey doing a trick it was yeah. like thank god someone else like young women are also and i also was explaining the game to another female friend and she was like thank god for pa women passing on this information to other women and i was like that's what we do here <laughs> yeah yeah i do think when guys do that it's one of the most patronizing things and they really think that they're saying something nice that's the thing that's most frustrating about it is oh my god you really know baseball that's so great you're a girl and you know baseball i never yeah. find anyone who's a girl and who knows baseball and i just want to be like look around what is it well and it's something like women spend more more as much or more money on stuff at baseball games or in i think even major league sports generally so we're a large market who are doing what a market does and spends money on a thing that we're interested in and but yet Sid, we're just buying the pink t-shirts so that our boyfriends oh will be able to take us to parties where guys are watching football and they'll think we know what's going on and then we'll yeah. impress the other boys mm -hmm. yeah and that's the thing of like well if you want us to be a market we're doing what a market should market to us but mm -hmm. oh that's just shopping in pink jerseys and you're just going to the game because your you know boyfriend is going it's a nice night outdoors and blah 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 and you're just like um who would voluntarily yeah. sit through a day game in dc in august if they really didn't want to be there um in fairness i have dragged many people to those games but i see your point 
It's but disgusting. How point. do they stay the whole time if they're not into yeah. it? I'm sorry. Also, also, um, instead of pink shirts, who would voluntarily own, like, I think I'm at 16 jerseys, something like that. And they're all um, the unisex cut jersey, except from, like, one or two, which are the women's one, because, of course, the cloth is thinner. Thinner, uh, and the thing on the back is smaller. That yeah. really bugs me. I wish the yeah. thing on the back weren't smaller. Yeah. But I did actually, I didn't have any of the yeah. women's cut ones before. And then the Leo one that yeah. um, Beth Dahman bought me at Star Wars Day actually fits me really well. I'm impressed. I, I, I do actually like the women, aside from the fact that the numbers and the letters are all like, they're the kids' letters. That's officially yeah. what they're called, by the way. Oh, God. Um, because it's presumed you're smaller, so you need you can't fit Zimmerman on your back unless the letters are little. But I, I actually appreciate the softer cloth because the, the heavy cloth of the men's and the kids' t-shirts, like, scrapes a little bit. Like, it's irritating. But I'm sure the men would appreciate a softer cloth, too. That's you true. Know? No, no, no. Real men want to want to have skin abrasions for their team. They want pain their from their clothing. They want to like, bleed for their team. Yeah. I don't care that much about the fabric. I just like that the women's cut ones are actually shaped like me. Yeah, but I, I mean, wish they would awesome. make them look the same as the men's cuts, just shaped like me. Yeah, um, yeah. I want. I honestly want heavier cloth because it hands it stands up to washing better. Like my That's my Scherzer jersey has holes in the front from mm. normal wear. Um, really? Versus, yeah. Like it has. I, I get wear spots right at where the button of my jeans is. Um, I think because I put my uh. laptop there. But like the men's ones do not do that, and the women's ones basically, I breathed on them and look holes. And they were more expensive in the first place. Yeah, and well, that's and in fewer fewer names is my other issue for the yeah. women's stuff. So like you know, you can find Scherzer, you can find Harper, you can find Strauss and Worth. But I'm like, one, thanks for my parade of white dudes who I can buy jerseys of. And two, <laughs> like I, I, I wanna buy an Oliver Perez jersey in a women's yeah. cut. Or even I wanna buy a Joe Ross jersey in a women's cut. And I can't. Yeah. And you know, and I could get uh, I had clippered jerseys. I think I had to buy the child sized for it. Yeah, I had to have mine custom made. My yeah. both my clipper jersey and my clipper jersey. Yeah. I had custom made too. Like Yeah. But it's Hey, it's, women spending money to do the things that they want to do. Yeah, ladies um, shopping, right? I mean, I had my FP jersey custom made because okay. obviously they don't make an FP well, yeah. jersey. <laughs> but they should. All right. Uh sorry. I had a lot of spleen to vent apparently. We all did. Yeah. Yeah, that I think that's been a long time coming to be perfectly honest. <laughs> And, and by the way, as someone with a degree in biology, I know that anger is not actually held in the spleen. It's held in the bodily humors. So <laughs> No, it's held in my heart. Yeah. It's, it's, in that, it's in the ventricle that's not holding Tyler Clifford. Exactly. <laughs> Tyler Clifford is pure. He stays in his own pure ventricle, and all the rage is in the rest of it to uh, fuel me. Can we, can we transition into talking about uh, our favorite segment? The Zach Duke update! Zach Duke update! <laughs> So uh, intrepid uh, listener Matt W., who's in Pittsburgh, was like, we we're talking about, I think, Melanson. And he was like, I feel like every national at one point has been a pirate and vice versa. Um, and so I was looking into the trade history. And the nationals and the pirates actually have not traded with each other that much or for that big names. So the Melanson for uh, Rivero and then a minor leaguer trade was the first major trade in three years. And then the rest of them 
honestly were not huge trades. Uh, it was it was mostly for folks who didn't necessarily stick around or didn't make a or were in the minors, etc. Um, the last I would say trade that has a name to it is in 2009, which was Sean Burnett and Nigel Morgan for um, Lastings Millage and Joel Hanrahan. I haven't even heard of him. Hanrahan. Hanrahan. <laughs> I remember Lastings Millage mostly because the name, not that I he was. Don't great um didn't, didn't we we just talked about him last yeah time. i didn't yeah, know who he was then either <laughs> yeah that's that's fair um but like that was the last i would say trade that has any kind of name to it but that being said there are a lot of players who have played for both teams and so, sometimes more than once sometimes more than once um so i feel like the the it's not a big trade thing but it is we we tend to have people who are in their franchise to come over to ours and vice versa. Um, and so I looked at players who have played for both uh, for both the Pirates and the Nationals, and it's a lot of folks whose, I would say, names that we, we know. So Ali Perez, Sean Burnett, who's back as a Nat, Columbia, Maryland native, Steve Lombardozzi, um, <laughs> Michael Morse, Felipe Rivero, obviously, Nigel Morgan, um, Adam LaRoche, my best friend, Lasting is Millage, haha. And Ross Ohlendorf, uh, the smartest man in pro baseball. Actually, I did remember that because it was a Pirates pitching coach who taught him to go back to that old-timey windup that we loved so much. Oh, I really like that windup. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great windup. And, yeah. and I remember when he came to the Nats, he was saying that it was some Pirates batting or hitting pitching coach. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was the hitting coach tools. that was telling him to do that. Um, uh, and it was either somebody in their minor league system or somebody in the Pirates organization, like the actual Pirates Pirates um, was the one who taught him to do that. So thank you, Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, so what I looked at was honestly not just like who had played, but what the um, who got better and who got worse as being a national or a pirate. Um, so in terms of batting average differential, there are some folks who, who have much higher batting averages as nationals than they do as pirates, and almost all of them are relief pitchers. That's, I, I don't know why I want to say that's not surprising. So, um, <laughs> it should Ali, be Perez, surprising. Uh, Ali Perez, who, by the way, his batting average is 0. .667. <laughs> We love you, Ali. We love you, Ali. Um, and your Silver Fox status. Um, <laughs> so he he went up to 0.667 from uh, 164, which, woohoo! Uh, Sean Burnett is uh, hitting uh, 500, where he was not with the Pirates. Zach Duke is also also <laughs> hit 500 for the Nationals. So that's your Zach Duke update. Um <laughs> And then Steve Lombardozzi um, hit better as a national than a pirate because he never hit for the pirate. Or no, he never, yeah. he had at-bats for them, but he doesn't have a batting average. So he had, wait, well, he yeah. would have to have a batting average unless they were plate appearances, not batting, not No, it's, 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 uh, maybe when I pulled the numbers off of um, play index, something got messed up because um, it lists him as having 10 ABs and no batting average. Which is yeah, that's, that's that's impossible. Unless he got walked ten times. But then um, it would be played appearances, appearance, not at bats. Not at bats. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, yeah, it it might have been messed up, or it's possible that he had ten at bats as a minor leaguer. That's possible. He did have yeah, a little that wouldn't... playing time for them, though. Yeah. I'm, my money's on something on the uh, the, the spreadsheet. Yeah, something got a little weird. But so 
they are the only folks who really got better as nationals than they or than they did as pirates in terms of batting average, which is kind of sad. Um, ooh, I, I also noticed another one of our old friends, Tom Gorzolani, was both. Um, so and he had. I was gonna say, is, could have sworn he was a um a pirate at some point. And I remember he for a while had like a thousand batting average for the Nationals. Uh, it settled down to uh one four seven. Um, well, he was the a pitcher. bulk of 2012. He had a 1,000 hitting yeah. average. Yeah, I mean, it was beautiful. <laughs> he's a relief pitcher. Like, who, yeah. who the heck cares? Um, Ryan Church played for both teams. My sister has, I believe, a jersey signed by a jersey signed by Ryan Church. <laughs> who was he? Exactly. Um, <laughs> this is old. No, I'm serious. Days. Yeah, no, he he played for the Nats. Um, was he? And catcher, am I misremembering it? God, I'm sure I Ryan. I don't remember. I'm sure I Ryan Church's mother knows what he position he played, but like so like original team wasn't he like 2005? Yeah, yeah he was. He was original flavor. No, he was an outfielder. I'm thinking of someone else. Long before I was in DC, then. Yeah, so he played till 2010, but I don't know. Yeah, he played for, for the Nats from 2005 to 2007, um, and then actually for the Pirates in 2010, which was his last year in the majors. Most people hit the same as Nats and Pirates. Um, some people got fairly significantly worse as Nationals than they were as Pirates, um, but that tended to co correlate with where they were in their career. Um, so like Xavier Nadai, Nady, I always say it wrong, got worse, but he played for the Nats uh, like four years after he was a pirate um same with will cordero um who hit a lot worse and then everyone else like matt caps hit a lot worse as a nat than he did as a pirate but he's a relief pitcher so (laughs) so generally players honestly stayed the same between the teams um in terms of batting average in terms of era there are some a lot of folks who are actually much better as nationals uh and a lot of that's promising yeah, so Sean Burnett was much better as a Nat. Um, Ross Ollendorf was better as a Nat. And I'm looking at, at this point, negative ERA being better. So if their ERA was lower as a Nat than it was yeah. as a Pirate. Um, Gorzolani, same thing. Uh, but there are some people who got better as Pirates, uh, including Zach Duke. And uh, from the time I pulled this, so this may have changed because I pulled it like a week ago, Felipe Rivero. Well, that's, yeah. that does track with what it, it sounded like, that he's been doing very well over there. And he had... Well, we all loved him here. He was having some struggles before he got traded. So yeah, and so um, yeah, so uh, there are those are the ones who got I would say significantly better as as pirates, um, whose names are likely for people that we actually know, um, and then a lot of folks honestly stayed the same. So like Matt Caps, eh, his ERA went down as a nat to to it went down um, to two seven four from three six one. Uh, he was an all-star when he was a Nat. Yeah, he was an all-star when he was a Nat in the, like, they have to take somebody from every team yeah. kind of way. That was, because that was the year, I want to say it was 2011 or 2010. 2010 he was at the when time, Drew got called up. Yeah, he was the, at the time, the saves leader. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, well, I guess every terrible team needs <laughs> somebody. <laughs> um, yeah, they traded him, I think, almost immediately after he was in the All-Star game. So yeah. he it was when Drew got called up. Drew got called up, Matt Capps went to the All-Star game, and then immediately got traded after. Yeah, uh, Melanson's ERA has gone up 0.37 as a nat mm-hmm. from 1.18 to 2.17 as of, like oh, I said, God, a I couple hope, weeks ago. I uh, hope it's not the defense against the Dark Arts course. Yikes. 
No, I mean, he hadn't, for all no. that he had a slightly higher era, he hadn't blown a save until just now. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, uh, Trey Turner blew a save. I'm, I'm blaming it on him. Like, honestly, no. that was, that that probably should have been scored even, I don't know, as an error, because he didn't get close enough to the ball. Um, but it was it was defensive, bad positioning, and <laughs> yeah, pray for Mark yeah. Melanson and Mark Melanson's ERA. But yeah, yeah, so the teams the teams have been shuttling people back and forth, um, including many many of our friends. So they're not yeah, they're not and, our full on favorite friends, but they're like they're like family members or something, I guess. Zach point. Duke is definitely family at this point. <laughs> he was better I mean, as a pirate than he was as a gnat because he uh as a gnat his average was five seven seven and as a pirate it was four five four. Nice. That said, I think he's had a decent season for the White Sox. I checked in on him when we started our Zach Duke update. Um <laughs> and he was having yeah. A decent season uh, for the White Sox. Good lord, he is weird yeah. looking. Uh, <laughs> well, he, he looks like random, random baseball player. Um, actually, yeah, his ERA this season is one two nine. Okay. Oh no, he got traded to St. Louis. Who knew? I think we, oh, knew. we I mentioned did. it. Yeah, we yeah. mentioned that. Um, so his ERA was actually two six three, and his season his season ERA is is. Yeah, two one five. So that's not that's not bad. I mean, he left us Zach kind Duke. of he left us kind of unceremoniously. So we tend to remember him as maybe not like the greatest pitcher, but he did have I the entire. Him. He left pretty. He he did very badly for us for, I don't know, like three weeks before we kicked him out, and that was because that was the year that he was the only lefty in the bullpen at the last minute, and so he kind Yikes. of had to take like all the lefty weight <laughs> off the entire bullpen. So. It's not surprising to me that he's doing significantly better now than he was when he was with us in 2013. Yeah, 2013. yeah, it was 2013. It was that when we was he the only lefty, and then we also got Ian Kroll as like a stop guy. Uh, I can't remember. No, because we got Ian Kroll in. I don't remember the circumstances surrounding Ian Kroll, other than he was with our actual favorite trading partners, the uh, the Oakland Athletics. Yeah, it that wasn't was the year that up until. Like the last week of spring training in 2013, we had an entirely right-handed bullpen and everyone was going, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. And like somewhere Mike Rizzo pulled out Zach Duke and we're like, I guess that we can have Zach Duke as our only left-hander. And then that did not work. Yeah, we did. We did have Ian Kroll that season as well. Okay. So we must've gotten him later on because of that. Um, Yeah. yeah. Um, But it's, yeah, that was, that was a season of bad decisions. Isn't it nice to have tons of lefties in the bullpen now? Tons. Okay. Tons? Do <laughs> tons. we have tons? Of of the 13. Of the 13. <laughs> who do we got that's a lefty? No. Um, well, Oliver Perez. Yeah. Yes, I know. Um, our friend Scrabble. And we Can we name him Silver Fox Oliver Perez? Does he get? Sure. I'm not calling him that. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. <laughs> we'll call him that until it like becomes embedded in your brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we we can have a, a swear jar for him. <laughs> so oh, you jar. owe a dollar, by the way, to the Columbia, Maryland native Steve Lombardozzi jar for earlier, Sid. I said Columbia, Maryland native Steve Lombardozzi. The first time, not the second. Oh, God. Oh, I missed it. Good, good catch, Laura. I'm on top Thanks. of it. We'll send him the, the jar at the end of the season. <laughs> um, crap, now I've lost my count. So, Ollie, Ollie we've got Ollie. Um, we've got Scrabble. We've got Sammy. Um, Sammy, although he's still DL'd. Um, Hopefully not for much longer. 
Yeah, he's yeah. uh he's been throwing though. He's he, he's up after the yeah. shoulder. He had what shoulder injury and inflammation? Something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. gonna be reevaluated after his next throwing session tomorrow. Mm. And so. they are hopeful that that will be his ready to come off the DL evaluation. Fingers Everyone crossed. cross your fingers for Sammy Solis. That'll that'll give him something yeah. to do other than nothing, which is apparently what he has been doing. Buying a lot of coffee. <laughs> Buying a lot of coffee. I'm trying to think. So that's yeah, it's, there, it's there's Ali, more than that. It's Sean Burnett and Scrabble and Matt Grace who has Matt Grace made an appearance. He's made one. Maybe. He made at least one appearance. He made one because I texted um, everybody that Grace's future husband was pitching again. Grace Grace. So yeah. she can be Grace Grace. Yeah. Is it um, weird? I get him confused with Sean with um not Sean Thornton, God. Uh Matt Thornton. Really? Why? They don't look anything alike. I don't know. I think it's the beard. I was like, oh, I was gonna no. say the only similarity has gotta be the beard. They, that um, one's got a beard. Look, I'm not I'm not deep, okay? <laughs> You're just happy that we don't have a uh, no facial hair policy. I God, I don't want to know what Jason Worth's face looks like under there at this point. Like, <laughs> like that's a mystery between him and and his lord. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I assume his face is atrophied or. Ooh. I, I don't know. Stop, I mean, his skin is probably the the skin under the beard is probably like several paint chips lighter. Yeah. than everywhere else like yes. <laughs> he would have the reverse homer simpson thing going on you know yes for sure oh. but yeah i don't think the nationals could pull off a new facial hair policy he would quit for one thing <laughs> like jason worth would walk my like, husband asked if it was in his contract that he could have the beard and it i did be. i couldn't tell him no like i didn't know <laughs> No trade clause and always beard clause. Yeah, actually, you know what, though? If you get traded to, I don't know, he's not going to get traded, obviously, but like to the Yankees or the Marlins and your beardy McBeard face, <laughs> should you have something in your contract that's like, nah. I would. What, what contract trumps, I guess? Which, which policy trumps? Because you could upset the entire like clubhouse dynamic if you're like, I'm allowed a beard. And everyone's like, but I don't get one. It's like the well, reverse would, of making Christian Yelich cry. I would <laughs> just put it in as a no trade to teams that don't allow facial hair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you go. You're like, why don't you want to get traded to the Yankees? Mm, beards. Yeah. Like, I have to say, though, in April, the beard makes a lot of sense. It gets cold. <laughs> In August, not so much. No, but like, I mean, do you remember Ben Revere and his balaclava? Yep. Like, yeah. Jason Worth don't need a balaclava. Somebody <laughs> on the Cubs wears balaclavas a nope. lot, too. I forget who. Uh, Rizzo, I think. I want to say. Maybe there's a few of them. I've seen a lot of people. Well, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, don't leave ben, ben Revere alone. He's a sweet southern flower. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no He's not used for a cold <laughs> I mean, I'm a precious hothouse flower, but I was like, Ben Revere, it's 72 degrees. Take off the sweater. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, I'm wearing a sweater. Do they sell Nat's branded balaclavas because you'll need one? I would. <laughs> they should in October. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Okay. On that note. Can I actually yeah. just add one stat of the week now that we're in ERAs? Yes. Sure. Um, I said earlier that at the end of the episode of Pitch, I calculated Jenny Baker's ERA mm -hmm. based on what we yes. saw. And now this, we didn't know a ton about whether the inherited runners scored when she left the game after six and two thirds. I was going to so say I that just, would, yeah. And also the first game too. We don't know how many of those runners actually scored. Um, I just went by what we actually saw. Okay. I mean, that's uh, fair enough. That's so the inherited point. runners that we saw score, I in included, but I just assumed that if we didn't see it, it wasn't charged to her. So she ended that episode with 
an ERA of 5.39 after her <laughs> first two starts. And for comparison, over Noah Syndergaard's last two starts, his ERA is 5.29. So she's in good company. Yes. <laughs> and he has strep, apparently, so he's not starting tomorrow. Really? The fun yeah. just does not stop for the net, uh, for the Mets, does it? No, it really doesn't. But yeah, so fun stat of the week, Ginny Baker, 5.39 ERA, and we can only hope it improves from there. I think we should uh, have a regular ERA update for Ginny Baker. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot of math I'm committing to. I can try. <laughs> I don't know how much they'll show is the thing. That's they, the hardest The part. show might start helping you. Yeah. I would hope so. We'll go by what we know. Yeah, well, they showed her final line after the first start where she came out after less than an inning, but they mm-hmm. didn't show her final line after her start where she went six and two-thirds. So I had to do some yeah. extrapolating. Yeah, I feel like okay. they need to have a stats sheet for her. Like, what's her FIP? Like, I know. The people know. want to know. The people, the people want to know. I want Ginny Baker fancy stats. <laughs> time for another hashtag. Um, <laughs> but on fancy stats, yeah. I guess, I think it's probably time to wind up and we'll have the fancy stats for Daniel Murphy's sore butt. Um, okay, we're going to restrain ourselves here because I feel like if we get started on Daniel Murphy butt <laughs> jokes, we're never going to stop. I, I mean, to be fair, and Daniel Murphy, ew, he's got a lot of butt to hurt. Like, <laughs> Stop. Okay, all right. I'm like, you can tell when he's here. batting. Like, him and John Carlo, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know who that is. Well, uh, Murphy looks like he's trying to lay an egg when he's batting. Yeah, he does. He does. You know who has a giant butt that I that I remembered from the Mets? It's Bustardo, who uh, is on the Pirates. I was like, God, good lord! Like those are butt goals, Antonio Bustardo. Like, <laughs> isn't one of his nicknames like Ass Tardo or something like that? Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. He, like, do he got that booty? Yes, a lot of it. <laughs> all right, like all okay. of New York. <laughs> See, see, you you warned us, and then we did it anyway. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Look, we've been butthurt about Daniel Murphy being a gnat all season. Now it's good that he's butthurt. So. so so Daniel Murphy is butthurt, so the total has not gone up as much as it would have otherwise. But according to Queer Fancy Stats on Twitter, the donation total for September thus far um, is at $30.65. So we will see, depending on the, the state of his butt, whether he's back and whether that goes up. But in the meantime, um, as as Jason Worth's beard on Twitter has said, prayer circle for Daniel Murphy's butt. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> yeah, on that note, I think it's time for us to say goodnight before the butt jokes just start up again. So for this episode of Resting Pitch Face, uh, find us on Twitter, Resting Pitch Face, no G, Tumblr, Resting Pitch Face Podcast, Email us directly at our Gmail, restingpitchface at gmail.com. We love to hear anything you want to say to us. And check us out on iTunes. I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Please come back, Tyler. It's just not the same since you went away. We really miss your eyewear. Besides, there's no other team uses chocolate sauce